helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. As a parent, have you experienced prying your child off your leg as you push them into the arms of a teacher or nursery worker, putting on your brave parent face only to be tormented as you hear their little cries as you walk away, hoping next time will be different. Or maybe your nights are consumed by a never-ending game of musical beds as your child or you move from bed to bed because they are too scared to sleep alone and you're wondering when they will grow out of it only to have another year pass and the nighttime rotation continue. Or maybe your child is older and social situations cause them to panic. Or the thought of them taking a test or not being perfect causes waves of dread to wash over them. And you wish you knew how to help. No matter what the trigger or age of your child, watching them experience anxiety is challenging. And it rips at your soul as a parent. And it can start that script of what have I done to cause this to run through your head. If you're experiencing this in your family, this show is for you. Today, we will talk about parenting an anxious child. If you're joining us for the very first time, I want to welcome you. My name is Melissa Waggett, and I am the co-host of the Life Transformation Show. We are so excited that you have chosen to join us this morning. If you want to find out more about this show or listen to past episodes, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us toll-free at 1-877-544-3546, and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. If you are a faithful listener and you're joining us for maybe even the hundredth time at this point, I do want to sincerely welcome you as well. We are so grateful that you choose to join us each and every week and invite us into your lives as we talk about these topics each and every week. And I want to ask you to it to join me in welcoming our host, Michael Hart. He is very familiar to our faithful listeners. He is an award-winning psychotherapist, and he is the director of Elam Counseling Services. And he is the guy who joins me each and every week to explore these topics. And today is no exception. So, Michael, I want to welcome you to today's show as we go about exploring parenting a child with anxiety. Thank you very much, Melissa. You talked about that child grabbing onto their parents' leg and not wanting to let go. It reminded me of my first first day in university, holding on to my father. <laughs> well, actually, that didn't happen, but it reminded me of, of you know, my younger days when I was being dropped, in, dropped off at kindergarten and not wanting to go because of fear. And I remember uh, being bullied on the school ground and being terrified to go back to school the next day in kindergarten because of just the anxiety that I felt at that point. And it's something, as you say, you've experienced and I think is very common in families. And it's something that um, as a parent, sometimes you feel a bit of shame even acknowledging you're experiencing mm-hmm. because you're thinking, what did I do to cause this? Right. Or you are that parent ripping your kid off your leg who's freaking out and you're jealously watching every other kid confidently walk right. in the schoolyard and you kind of head hang your head in shame and slump your shoulders as you scurry off to go cry in your car because right. you're like, how do I stop this? Right. So this is one of the mistakes that parents make when it comes to having a, an anxious child. And that mistake is to blame 
themselves for the child's attitude. Uh, some parents might believe that they are the, the cause of the child's behavior. But let me say that the cause of anxiety in children is multifaceted. And there are a number of different things, such as genetics, that are at play in this. So some children are born anxious, and uh, it doesn't matter what you did, they will still struggle with anxiety. Having said that, there are ways that you can, you can, uh, things that you can do to make them improve and to make them become confident and to help them overcome the anxiety. And that is what this show is going to be about today, uh, parenting anxious children, how to get your child to overcome anxiety. But we see in Genesis chapter 25 that uh, at Esau and Jacob that they were, were twins born to Isaac, and both boys were very different. And so you might have uh, children in your household, and you're, you, you have a child that is very confident and outgoing, and you have another child that is just so different and shy, and you're wondering, what did I do wrong? If we look at this story in Genesis 25, we are told that Esau and Jacob, even though they were twins, they were born the same time, they were born to this, the same parents, but we were told that Esau Esau became the hunter, the outdoors kind of man who you know, likes the wild and very adventurous. But Isaac would be more typical of maybe, not, not Isaac, but Jacob, I should say, would be more typical of the anxious child because he's the person that doesn't venture far from his mother's lap. And so he's, the, he's, he's known, he's, he's classified as the dweller in tents. And so he was with his mom most of the, most of the time. He became known in Genesis 25-27 as the dweller in tents. He was dwelling in the tent with his mother. And so same family, uh, twin boys, but very, very different. And I don't think uh, Jacob's makeup could be, could be blamed on the parenting that he got solely. There were other genetic factors involved as well. As well. And I think that's something really important to acknowledge because sometimes as a parent, it's so c- confusing, especially if, when you have more than one child, of how on earth were these raised with the same parents under the same roof because of the variability, yes. which can lead to so much can confusion in terms of how to address this situation properly, especially if maybe your first kid was really laid back and kind of go with the flow. And now you're presented with this kid that's kind of tightly wound and you're, how the heck do I even approach this? And so to that end, I'm wondering if you can describe for us some of the things that parents in our well intention attempts to decrease our child's anxiety, um, what kind of mistakes are we making? Because as a parent, our end goal is to make our child feel good. And I think that's the ultimate intent of all that we're doing. But sometimes the way we go about doing that can have some negative effects and maybe start some patterns that aren't so ideal. Absolutely. And some of those patterns can last a lifetime. And well-meaning parents end up sometimes making the situation worse. And so one of the biggest mistakes that parents make is what I call saving behavior, where they're trying to save the child from the anxiety instead of teaching the child to face and overcome the anxiety. So you might be listening and say, well, I don't do that. But let me tell you some of the ways in which parents 
and save children from anxiety. Sleeping in the bed with the child because the child is a is afraid to go to sleep. So instead of teaching the child that there is nothing to be afraid of and helping them to relax and and to fall asleep on their own, you end up sleeping in the bed with them. Now that maintains anxiety. That doesn't that doesn't help to overcome it. A second uh, way in which uh, people, uh, parents exhibit saving behavior is a, a, a child has an upset stomach because they're anxious about going to school and you said, okay, little Johnny, you can stay home with mommy today. And so what this is doing is that it is it is conditioning the child to know that whenever they want to not face their anxiety, all they have to do is to complain about it and they will be saved from it. So so saving the t- keeping the child away from from school or a child who is anxious with friends and you go out of your way to make sure that you you know you 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 save the child pick up pick up the child from school so that he doesn't have to take the school bus because he's uncomfortable all of these saving behaviors will uh, help to cement the anxiety not to help the child to overcome it contrary to uh, what might seem uh, instinctive or, or intuitive, uh, what actually helps in the long run is for the child to face this the, 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 this stressful situation and learn to overcome it. And I think that's a really good point because sometimes when you're in those moments, you think, oh, it's just a phase. They will outgrow it. Right. And from experience, that outgrow phase sometimes never happens. Right. And so that's where you're saying we need to teach them how to face this anxiety. Right. Uh, but when you're faced with your kid who's throwing up because they don't want to sc- go to school or crying at nighttime because they are so petrified to go to bed. Yes. How can, what encouragement would you give to a parent in terms of how to begin to address that situation in a healthy way? Because as a parent, sometimes you almost become anxious about the child's anxiety right. and it's this weird feedback loop that starts to happen. Right. So one of the, the, the first advice that I would give is to, when the child is anxious, uh, don't reassure the child that everything is going to be okay. Because this might sound cruel to say, don't reassure the child. I was going to say Debbie Downer, right? Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but what the research shows is that constantly reassuring the child uh, every time that the child cries about being scared of sleeping alone or not wanting to go to school and you're reassuring, or oh, it's going to be okay, you know, it's going to be fine, and you're giving the child a lot of attention, the child quickly, uh, the, the brain of the child quickly link the anxiety with the love and comfort of their mother or their father. And so whenever they are, they are wanting that attention and that comfort, they go into anxiety mode. So do not uh, repeatedly reassure the child is what I should say. If you have to reassure, you say it and you 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 leave and you 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 make sure that the child faces the the stressful situation because reassuring, as I said before, can become very addictive. And and so it, it's important to realize too that why reassuring doesn't work is that it is 
catering to the wrong part of the child's brain. When you're anxious, you're dealing, you're not dealing with the frontal lobe where rational thoughts are processed. You're dealing with the amygdala, the emotion center of the brain. So when you're emotional and you're frantic, if someone telling you over and over that it's going to be okay, it's going to be fine, doesn't really help. So there are some other things that we're going to talk about in the show, like what to do when your child is anxious that can really help and how to cater to that part of the brain, specifically specifically the amygdala, instead of going to the frontal lobe that deals with rational reasoning and it just doesn't, doesn't work. It's like trying to tell someone who is terrified of a movie that, oh, don't be terrified of that movie because it's just acting, you know, that's not real blood. No, your, your rational mind is not processing it that way, that it's not really a rational... Your, your, your amygdala is actually overpowering your rational mind and is actually saying that is blood that's not fake that 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 person is actually in pain and you experience it as a terrifying scene a terrifying event even though it's just a movie i think that that comment you made there about that it feels real to them too i think is also really an important point because when your child's in that anxious moment their anxiety is real whether it's the boogeyman under the bed or the feeling that you are never going to return to pick them up from Mm -hmm. school it is it is a true feeling. Yes, yes. It is as real as you sitting across from me this morning. Right. The the, the fear is real, but the symptoms that they're also uh, feeling or they're complaining about is real. So when your child say in the morning that their their stomach is hurting, uh, the temptation is to go to oh you just don't want to go to school. But you know what? The anxiety is actually creating the upset stomach. And so it's what we call psychosomatic illnesses. So, so the child is not faking it. They are not making, making this up and they will actually throw up sometimes and they are not faking. They are not trying to, 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 to throw up. Their anxiety is actually creating a situation where they're, they're exhibiting these physical ailments. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. If you missed the first half of today's show and want to listen to it, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelt E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us for a copy of today's show show toll-free at 1-877-544-3546, and we'd be happy to connect you with a copy of today's show. Before we go too much further, though, in today's topic, which is all about parenting an anxious child, we do want to let the listeners know we have an exciting giveaway. So hopefully you've been listening attentively up to this point. And if you haven't, get those listening ears on and maybe get a pen or pencil nearby for the remaining portion of today's show. What's the exciting giveaway we have, Right, so we want to give the, the first person that can answer three questions on our Facebook page, the book that much of this show is, is, is talking about. And it's a book that's entitled Helping Your Anxious Child, a Step-by-Step Guide for Parents. And uh, this book expands on some of these techniques that we don't have time to go fully into in this show. I think it's a book that every child with an anxious, every parent with an anxious child should have. And so if the first person to answer the three questions that is posted on our Facebook page uh, will get a copy, a free copy 
of that book. So remember to go to our Facebook page, just type in Elam Counseling Ministry and uh, you will see the Facebook page. And while you're there, feel free to leave a copy or copy, pardon me, a comment about today's show or maybe right. post a question about a show or topic you'd like us to cover in future because we love getting to interact with you on our social media pages. So good luck to everyone. I wish I already joked with Michael. I want this book for myself and my own family, but unfortunately, there's a bit of a conflict here, so I can't get a copy. I'll, I'll just have to get one on my own. So good luck to everyone out there. It's a really awesome book with a really great practical suggestions and that is my segue actually into um the 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 meat of today's topic which is how do you help your kids in a healthy way when they're experiencing anxiety because we've painted the picture of things that many parents do and Mm describe some of the less than ideal effects from that but what are some healthy productive ways that will help children face their anxiety and learn to cope with it and thrive in the future Right. So so there are some practical things that parents can do to help. And as we said before, don't reassure the child because when you're reassuring, you're using logic and logic doesn't work. You want to do activities in that moment or even before that moment to prepare the child for the anxiety that they're going to be facing. So you can teach the child uh, anxiety-decreasing techniques that they can use when they feel the anxiety coming on to stop the anxiety from getting the better of them. So it's basically teaching the child how to relax when they're becoming anxious. So I would say as a precursor to to, to doing that, you should set a specific time of day. Don't wait until the child is going through the door to teach these techniques when they're already anxious and crying. But you can teach this technique at bedtime. You have a quiet, uninterrupted time with the child. You can start talking about anxiety, talking about what happened in the morning and uh uh, beginning to help the child to say these are some things that you can do that will help you to to feel better. And uh, for a younger child, you can actually give a name to the anxiety or a character to the anxiety that they're feeling. And you can say, for example, that the this anxiety is uh, is uh, let's call this anxiety. It's it's it's. Uh, it's your friend Bob who's trying to help you. Anxiety and worry was meant to help you, but sometimes Bob gets a little bit out of control and Bob is trying to tell you how you should be safe, but instead he's making you worry and become anxious. So we need to talk to Bob so that Bob can understand that uh, we have no way of knowing that Susan is not going to talk to you today. It's just that Bob is fearful. So you can even use toys to depict that character. So you can say, this little teddy bear, it's like that part of your brain that gets out of control sometime. And what the teddy bear is telling you is that tomorrow, uh, that, that, that Susan doesn't like you or she's not going to talk to you and, or, or Jimmy's going to be mean to you and you're actually believing. But, what what this teddy bear doesn't know is that they have no way of knowing the future. And we need to talk to that teddy bear to tell this teddy bear uh, some things that can help him to calm down and realize that that's not going to happen or it may not happen. So one of the things you could do, remember when you felt that uh, Susan would not talk to you and you went and you tell me that was the best day that you had? So see, 
uh, Teddy Bear doesn't really know what's going to happen. He thinks he, he does, and he's trying to protect you, but sometimes he gets it wrong. So you have no way of knowing. So you can use these kind of fun games, using toys, giving a name to the anxiety, and helping the child to realize that the anxiety is not a bad thing. Worry is actually... Uh, uh, an adaptive, uh, an, an adaptive, uh, uh, an adaptive reaction that we have to to protect us, and so you can help the ch- help the child to learn that it's not bad and it's nothing that you should be afraid of because it's there to help you. But sometimes it gets it wrong, and you're teaching the child how to get to think in ways that can make the worry understand that sometimes it's it's overreacting. A second thing that you can do, <coughs> sorry, to teach relaxation is what I call the color game. So when a child is beginning to become anxious, what they're actually doing is that they're thinking in the future in negative terms. So instead of thinking about the moment where they are and the fact that they are in a safe place that everything is okay and that it's a it's a sunny bright morning or you know they're on their way to school and they're having a good breakfast they're thinking they're living in the future what's going to happen they're 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 engaging in negative prediction so the color game is a way of getting the child to come back to the present and you can teach this game at bedtime with the child so you could say something to the effect of uh, just look around the room and tell me the colors that you see. Can you name all the colors that you can see around the room? And 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 tell me what objects they are, as you say the color. So the child might say, yes, there's a white lamp in the corner. Um, I see my red teddy bear over there. I see my my uh, books, my brown books there in the corner. And just you know, continue to name all the colors that you see and just let the child go through naming the color and what the colors and what that is teaching the child to do is to stay in the present. And you can say, well, this is a fun game that when you feel the anxiety coming on, you can do this game. I use this this thing for adult in a more adult form and it works like magic because people come in and they'll say, I feel like there's a knot in my stomach today. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I feel my head is hurting. And I'll say, how, how, how intense is the headache? And they say, well, it's like a, a nine out of 10. And it, it's been caused from anxiety. And when we do this, this looking at the colors in the room, naming the colors, uh, people come to a point where when I ask them, now, how is your headache feeling? They said it's gone. So these are effective techniques that you can teach little kids as well to just help them to play that color game. Another game that you can play is uh, just closing your eyes and listening to the sounds around you. Okay, let's play this game. And so you're teaching these techniques in the form of a game. But you're saying these are things that you can do when you're beginning to feel anxious in the morning. Just begin to look around. Tomorrow when you start feeling that anxiety coming on, we are I want you to start thinking about the colors and just look around. And it works. It takes about a week for children to learn to use these techniques effectively. And if you if you if you do this every night for a week, the child will become uh, uh, very good. Even children as young as three years old can learn these these techniques in fun ways. So it, closing your eyes, listening to the sound of the room, takes your amygdala from living in the future and brings it back to where you are 
at present and helps you to stay focused in the moment and not to worry about something that will never happen because that's what that's what uh, fear is 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 false false evidence appearing real the child is actually thinking that something is going to happen that may not happen so these fun games are are you know, can be adjusted to be age appropriate and it can be used by anyone, including adults, but it's very effective in with children. Another fun game that you can use is to come up with a, with, with a scenery, a very relaxing scenery. It can be something that you look at on, on a computer screen or a, a picture in a book and you, you ask a child to focus on all the beautiful things that are in the scenery. And then you say, okay, let's now think about what you can remember from this scene. Let's see how many things you can. So you have the child name the things aloud. I see the water. I see the sunshine. I see the beautiful rocks. I see the flowers. And all of these things are common things. And then you ask the child, okay, let's close the book and see how many of these you can remember. And then as the child brings this back, again, they're disengaging from the amygdala to doing something that's more practical if you're using the frontal lobe and it gets them out of that anxiety state but reassuring doesn't have this effect so when you do this game what you can ask a child to do is to think of their peaceful place what is your peaceful place like what does it look like what 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 is this place that you really would like to you like to be maybe it's a vacation that they have taken where they really and ask them to think about it in those specific terms the the water the colors that they see the sound that they hear and say you know what you can use this technique every time you begin to feel anxious in the morning when you start feeling anxious just begin to think about that beautiful place and what i think is so great with those techniques you just described there is it only takes the child there's some teaching and coaching to get them used to practicing those tools but when they have it whether they're alone on the bus and you're not there as the parent or they're in their bedroom and they wake up at midnight and open their eyes and go oh darn mommy and daddy's not in my bed they have the tools from within themselves. Yes, yes. So I can only imagine the confidence that that can build over time when they use these tools right. and they're effective. Yes. And also for a parent, you don't need to feel like you need to be there all the time because you're giving them tools that can foster their independence. Yes, yes. No matter where they are, they can right. draw from that, which is yes. really exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so you, you, you know, when you do things like that, you're empowering the child. So you're not this um, uh, person who is going to run to the child's rescue the next time the child is in that situation. Are you not going to reassure them again? Because you don't want them to become dependent on the reassurance. You can say, remember that game? Remember that, that Mr. Fix-It in your brain is getting a little bit out of control. He's trying to help you, but he's saying things to you that he doesn't really know. Okay, let's Let's tell. Let's let's talk to Mister Fixit so that he can understand what the truth is. And the truth could be a scripture where you could say something to to the effect that you know, even though I I I go in scary places, God is with me. Do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? God is there with me, so I will fear no evil. Or it could be other Bible verses that 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 
that you could help the child to memorize and quote that they can use in that moment. Because when you do that, you're you're empowering the child. You're giving them a tool. And Bible verses are very, very, very effective. You can go online and you can search for Bible verses on anxiety and teach the child to memorize a verse that will come that they can use in the moment when they're they're beginning to feel afraid that God is with me. I'm not alone. And that can be very reassuring of the child. And it helps the child to build faith in God as well. With the little time we have remaining, what other tips would you give for parents who have a child with anxiety, either for them as a parent coping with this or to help their child also overcome their anxiety themselves? Yes, I, th- I think it, it's important to remember that takes practice and it takes repetition. So I think as you begin to go through these exercises with the child, uh, it's important to 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 do it repeatedly. Another thing that you sh- ch- parents should know is that you're not harming the child by helping the child to face anxiety. You're actually helping the child. But sometimes ch- parents feel that they're being, they're being mean if they, if they do that. And I would say if, you, if you've been reassuring all this time and you're going to pull away from reassuring, it's important that you have that talk with the child to let the child know what you're doing. That mommy still loves you but uh, we're going to try a different way of helping you instead of me sleeping here in your bed and reassuring you until you fall asleep. This is what we're going to start doing. So I see that we're quickly out of time today. And again, remember to go to our Facebook page and answer those three questions to get a free copy of the book, Helping Your Anxious Child, a step-by-step guide for parents. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.